So Dan Dickerson, thanks for joining the show. The last two weeks or so, we here in Michigan, we've actually had a little bit of a taste of spring, and I think it's making baseball fans even more excited for the upcoming season. <laughs> the uh, the first spring training game is next week, so right around the corner. The Tigers also have announced their promotional events this season. What are a couple of those promotions? I also hear that your likeness might be also popping up too. <laughs> yes, the uh, the first ever talking bobblehead. <laughs> will be given away in mid-April. I'm sorry, the end of April, April 27th, the Dan Dickerson talking bobblehead. It, it, you know, somebody mentioned it to me a couple of years ago. I thought, well, that's okay. If you want to do that, that's fine. I mean, it's, I don't feel like I deserve a bobblehead, but then they talked about the talking bobblehead. And we talked about the calls that we could put on it. So it, it's, it's, a, it's very nice of them to do that. And uh, I, I got a kick out of it. They had to figure out how to get 10 second highlights on there. But um, so that's, that's one of the promotions. I love the Jim Leland starter pack promotion. We're going to honor him for getting to the hall of fame in August. Uh, sunglasses, mustache. I mean, that's, awesome. that's pretty good. There's, there's a hockey jersey giveaway with the old English D on it, a soccer jersey giveaway. There's going to be a Riley Green bobblehead when we go to Williamsport for the Little League uh, game with the Yankees. So all kinds of good giveaways. And I think the thing to, to remember, every Saturday, the first 15,000 who go in get, get one of those free giveaways. And th there's some really good ones this year. That's awesome. The single, t uh, single game tickets are on sale today as well. How do fans get their hands on those? Yeah, tigers.com and then go to tickets. Um, it's, it's really easy on the website. <clears throat> to me, it's always, a, as a fan, it was always kind of a fun day when they would announce, okay, single game tickets go on sale because, you know, the, I wasn't going to buy season tickets when I was in my teens, but I sure wanted to know, you know, when I could buy those single game tickets. And uh, so that's always a fun day. And so that starts today. And, you know, you've got the Yankees coming in on a weekend. You've got the Dodgers right before the All-Star break. Toronto is always a big series. That's on a weekend. That's Memorial, the Memorial Day holiday weekend. Um, and that always gets us. We would actually like to have more Tiger fans in the seats this year than Toronto fans. That would be nice, yes. <laughs> because they come down in full force. But it's fun. It's It's been kind of reminds me of the 80s when fans would travel to both cities, and it was quite a rivalry in that 87 season. So, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of good home dates. And the thing that I'm really looking forward to, Nick, we got to taste these, – these Tiger players got a taste of what big crowds – because let's face it, you know, there, there hasn't been a lot of winning in recent years and the crowds haven't necessarily been big. But that last weekend when they saw full houses on Saturday and Sunday for Miggy celebration weekend and 30,000 on Friday, they got a taste of what it could be, what the atmosphere in that ballpark can be like when they're good. And I think that can't help but motivate you as a player going into this year, knowing that you have a team that can contend for the central, you get off to a good start and those big crowds of 30,000 plus are going to start probably in May uh, versus maybe June or July. And I think, I think that's going to be just create a real fun atmosphere at the ballpark. Absolutely. Those tigers faithful need to be out there. I mean, we saw what they did for the lions, how, how that was helpful for them. We'd love to see that come into Comerica park as well. Oh, and, I, and you guarantee you, you know, players on the tigers, the ones who know they're going to be wearing the old English D this year, they saw that, saw what it did to an entire city, state, across the country, Lions fans. Uh, they want a taste of that as well. Absolutely. And and thank you for mentioning uh, Miguel, because that's actually something I wanted to uh, talk to you about real quick is, you know, looking ahead to this season, to this team, there have been a couple of notable changes. This is the first season without Miguel Cabrera in what feels like forever. 
How does that change the dynamic of the team? And who do you think is going to step into that leadership role on this young team? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I talked with Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green about that last year. And uh, it, it was Spencer Torkelson, I think, who told me, or Riley, they're, they're like the same pre- person someday because they're right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like they're joined at the hip. But uh, I think it was Spencer who was talking about how Miguel encouraged them um, during the season last year to kind of you know, let their personality out and, and kind of be more you know, of a presence in the clubhouse, if you will. And, and that's why you never know who the clubhouse leaders are, right? We, the, the, the important stuff goes on when we're not in there. Uh, but I think it's hard when Miguel Cabrera is still there. <laughs> right. And so, but I do think, I was talking to Matt Vierling toward the end of the year. He was saying, you know, that we stick around after games. So down the stretch, I do think some of the young core, the guys who are going to make up the core, did talk about things like that. Who, you know, who are the glue guys? And Matt Beerling's like, we've got four or five glue guys on this team. And, you know, that that's an important thing to have, that, that guy who brings people together or those that group of guys who form the core who, you know, in ways large and small, you know, lead this team on a daily basis with their work ethic and how they go about their business and the conversations they have with other players. So that really, I, I think, you know, made me very optimistic about because that's a big thing for Scott Harris is he puts this team together, not just the skills of the people who are going to be on the team, but the people that he's putting on this team in terms of how they, you know, that drive to get better every single day in some way. And he's got a lot of those guys. So, yes, Miguel will be missed. He, he was a presence. But I do think they last year kind of figured out with the help of Miguel Cabrera, who the leaders are going to be going forward. Super encouraging. Uh, great work by Miguel, too, to kind of do the passing of the torch during the season. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So this adjustment, this was made midway through last season. This is also the first season we enter without your longtime partner, Jim Price. How has that changed how you've prepared for your season in the booth? Well, it just, um, you know, Jim will be missed. And it was very sad. I just felt so bad for him with his health issues, you know, in his final few months it was it was tough to watch and i just again i just felt bad for him as his health declined um but i just i feel very fortunate that the tigers have worked very hard to find i mean my boss ron colangelo really set out to because jim wasn't traveling help find somebody for me on the road last year and now it leads to somebody who's going to be in the booth as part of a team but you know, he, he found Bobby Scales, a former University of Michigan player living in Atlanta through John Paul Morosi with MLB Network, who said, hey, you should give this guy a call. So I really appreciate all the work that's gone into finding good people to replace Jim. And with Bobby Scales, with Andy Dirks, with Craig Monroe, uh, all players, former players who have different levels of experience uh, you know, Bobby's been a scout. He's been in player development. He was one of those guys who went up and down from the minor leagues to the major leagues. So he's got that perspective. Andy Dirks played with Miguel Cabrera. You know, the, he was a heck of a hitter until injuries shortened his career, but he lives locally. Uh, and he's got incredible insight every game. Craig Monroe can put you right in the batter's box every game with his insights and thoughts on hitting. And the more you think and read and talk with people about hitting, the more complicated it is to me, (laughs) the less I feel like I know. So it just, 
it, it energizes me in terms of the, the guys I'm working with. And I know that I can go just about anywhere with any conversation, any topic, and they're going to be able to add something insightful. That's awesome. This, this team is young. We mentioned that things are starting. They came together late last season. Where do you ex expect the biggest growth to be taken on the team? I think I, I'm really looking as you think about, okay, how does this team contend for the central division title? And I'm not discounting, the Minnesota Twins at all. I do think the Tigers should realistically go into the season thinking we we can win the Central. But the Twins were a pretty good team last year. What did they do? They they hit. I look at run prevention, and they were a top five team in run prevention. You look at those top five teams in run prevention in the American League, and they were all at 87 wins or more. A couple had 99 and 101. Tampa Bay and Baltimore. And that, to me, is kind of the number you need to get to to win the Central, 87, 88. It might take 90. Um, but that's why I think Scott Harris really focused on run prevention, and that's pitching plus defense by adding Flaherty and Maeda. And I think the Tigers can get Flaherty back to 2018, 2019 levels when he was a top five, six pitcher in the National League. Uh, Maeda was terrific down the stretch. We saw him several times with the Twins. Um, but you... I think you need to cut the runs allowed and the Tigers were best rotation in the second half of the season last year in the American league at 368 ERA. So you cut the runs allowed your run prevention is where the, I think the improvement's going to come. And then your offense has to be good enough. It has to be better than third worst in the American league. And I think it will be, but you're going to live with some growing pains of young hitters. There's just no question about it. There's only so much you can improve while these kids get better if they all click great but the odds of that happening probably aren't there so you rely on your pitching and defense and that's the the second part of the equation the defense of these young players is going to determine i think a, a lot about how much better the run prevention can be but cleveland that's been the cleveland model for a long time you know hold opponents to over the course of a season 650 660 runs you're going to be in the thick of it almost every year I've spent some time looking over the roster, read a few articles as well. We have an abundance of, a, of talent this year, so much so that A.J. Hinch, Scott Harris, Jeff Greenberg, they're going to have to make some difficult decisions later this year. But that might be a sign we're starting to come out of this rebuild process. Do you think that's fair? I think that, yeah, I was just talking about that with someone. Just the, the, the fact that there aren't really a ton of camp battles this year and the battles at the end of the roster, whether it's position players or pitchers, you realize, wow, these are going to be some tough decisions. Just think of the rotation. If you've got Flaherty Maeda, Mai Scooble, Reese Olson, and Matt Manning, uh, that's six. They all legitimately deserve to be in the rotation. Somebody is not going to be. Reese Olson shouldn't be sent down. He was terrific down the stretch, arguably better than Matt Manning. You're not going to send Matt Manning down. <laughs> so there's the, right, right away, you're like, okay, that's nice starting depth. These, these things tend to take care of themselves over the course of spring training. But, okay, that's, that's something to watch. And then in the bullpen, you've got a ton of arms. And I think that's going to make A.J. very happy because he loves a flexible bullpen with guys who can go multiple innings. and You give him something to work with, and he's going to put together. I think there's going to be a top five rotation and top five bullpen group in terms of ERA runs allowed. And – it speaks to what you just said, that that means there's depth. That means that when guys inevitably get injured, you're going to be able to call on somebody at Toledo to come up and help.
Absolutely. Yeah. The, the injury struggles last year definitely uh, was part of this, the reason that, you know, we, we didn't get into the playoffs, I think personally, and having that depth is going to be a, a huge deal for us down the line. Just a few more questions as we wrap up. What are you personally most excited about this season? Just to see the pieces come together. Um, and, and the, the young core, I think you could argue that we have not seen a Tigers team put together a young core like Scott Harris is. In other words, guys that you drafted and developed, and now they're the core of your everyday position players, your everyday lineup um, since 1984. Uh, yes, there have been good teams since then, but in terms of the guys that you drafted and developed, I think you could have to go back that far. So that excites me. I'm excited to see what Kerry Carpenter, Spencer Torkelson, and Riley Green do to build on last year. You know, they might, one of them might slip back. That would be normal for a young player. But I think Spencer Torkelson's already had that one little slip back. And <laughs> the way he finished, I'm very optimistic about him. Oh, yes. Riley Green had a stretch last year, the likes of which we haven't seen in a long time. For over 200 at-bats, he had 358 with power. I mean, that's the upside of Riley Green. He just has to stay healthy. Uh, and he, I think, you know, kind of fluky to the injuries that he had in the last two years. So I think he will. Uh, Kerry Carpenter, I think he's a 30 home run guy. And then you've got Colt Keith. Is This is just a pure hitter who is going to be clearly somewhere in those top five spots once he develops. Jace Young, I think they feel like if not quite on the level of a Colt Keith in terms of just a pure hitter who can hit for average and power, he's a, he can hit. And Jay Young is probably going to be up midseason. There's five guys, not to mention a Parker Meadows in center field, who defensively is, I think, as good as anybody I've seen. And I put him up there right now with Austin Jackson as the best center fielder I've seen at Comerica Park, which is a huge, obviously important position to patrol all that acreage as well as he does. Jake Rogers may be establishing himself as a number one catcher. So I get very excited about this core that they are putting together. And then the, the other part of the equation is watching these young pitchers develop. I get excited thinking about Casey Mize coming back because, man, Nick, did he work hard at getting bigger, stronger while he was rehabbing from Tommy John. And what we saw in a bullpen in August was eye-opening. Mid-90s fastball in a bullpen is hard to do, but he did it. And he could be an impact pitcher. I get excited thinking about a full season of Tarek Skubal, who was as good in 15 starts as anybody in the American league last year. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's a time of year to get excited, but if you can't get, be optimistic at this time of year, but there's a reason to be, I think with the young talent, with the veterans they've added and thinking that, okay, realistically for the first time in a while, this team should contend for the central title right from the start. I'm super excited. I know the rest of the fans are excited. Tickets for the 2024 season on sale right now tigers.com get down to comerica park one of the most beautiful bar ballparks in the country this is going to be a lot of fun to watch this season we're speaking with dan dickerson the play-by-play -play announcer on the detroit tigers radio network dan thanks for being the best in the business congratulations on your 25 years behind the microphone and thank you so much for your time today oh you're welcome nick thank you for you know the affiliates do such great work and thank you for all the work you do up there in cadillac